Welcome to The Final Word, Ashes Daily, brought to you with Westfield London. I'm Melissa Storey. Joining me today, Alex Hartley. What a game we have just seen. One of the most remarkable games of cricket I've ever watched. And the fact that the Aussies have lost two in a row. They've lost a series for the first time in six years. The last time they lost a series outright was in 2017. I mean, this Australia team don't lose. They didn't lose. It was a it was a brilliant game of cricket. And England, they needed something remarkable to stay in this Ashes series. We thought that, you know, Australia couldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. But they did. Australia, England. England couldn't do it, they wouldn't do it, but they did, and it's been fantastic. And the fact we've had another record crowd here, record crowd at Edgebaston, beaten at the Oval, beaten here at Lords, it's just getting bigger and better. Now, are you ready for it? For people who didn't catch the game, I'm going to need you to summarise it in 30 seconds. Oh, I don't even know how I can do that. England needed 119 to win from 14 overs. A pretty stiff Duckworth-Lewis target, if we're being completely honest. England, they were going at a run of ball. They were ahead of the game for a while. Alice Capsey, 46 from 23 balls, was the match winner. She was the game changer. Um, and Australia, they looked like they were panicking. They didn't know where to turn. Georgia Wareham came into the attack. She turned things on its head again. And then England needed two to win from the final over. Danny Gibson, she's got ice in her veins. She reverse sweeps her first ball for four. England win. The idea of time is subjective anyway. I'm not sure how close to 30 seconds that was, but there was a pretty summary, Alex. I mean... Kicking things off, Australia with their innings, 155. What, was that enough? Because this Lord's pitch, we've seen it, is tricky. I mean, the 100s finals, which are consistently hosted on this ground, have proven lovely, low-scoring affairs, which everyone wants in T20 cricket. It's so entertaining. So there's always a few question marks before coming here for a T20. But 155 looked good. It did look good. It looked very good. I think it was probably just above par, to be completely honest with you. And then, you know, we, we thought that spin might come into play more. The pitch might be tacky, but it wasn't. It was the seamers. They were the, they were the pick of the bowlers today. And, yeah, I think, you know, Australia, they were under the pump. England got off to a flyer, 29 for none after three overs. It was almost, almost looked like Australia we've not got a wiki what where do we turn what do we do well they're a team so used to winning that you almost ask when they get themselves into a losing you know not a losing position but a position they could lose it they forget how to win (laughs) I mean they just don't lose do they and I I think that will hurt Australia Alyssa Healy at the end of the game Henry Moran asked how she felt and how that was and she just said ouch I mean, and that says it all, doesn't it? Because they don't lose games of cricket. As I said, the first time they've lost a series for six years. You know, it's, it's almost like you can't believe this Australia team aren't lifting the trophy because we're so used to seeing Australia lift the trophy. But England, the, remarkable from them. They needed something very, very special to keep this Ashes series alive. It's now 6-4 going into the ODIs. I mean, you can tell the, the joyous, definitely unbiased commentators from us of the massive smiles on our faces and the fact that when Danny Gibson, Gloucestershire's Danny Gibson, I'm going to add in there, hit the winning runs, the commentary box turned into almost the cheesy dance floor, which you'll see in most student nights on a Wednesday. People were dancing about, they were having a good time, but even from you know the objective viewer's point of view, to see a series this open against Australia, I mean, we read out a brilliant tweet from Nick Friend who said the last time Australia had lost a series, Alice Cap- he was 12 and Theresa May was still Prime Minister. 
I mean, that's a long time ago, isn't it? It shows how much much has changed. You know, Alice Capsi was the standout performer today, the, the player of the match. She was fantastic. She was due a score. You know, she'd had a couple of single-figure scores and she was under pressure. You know, it was it was almost like she needs something to happen here. And, and it all went her way. She was remarkable. She was devastated when she hit a full toss straight to mid-wicket. She was out for 46. The way she was walking off, she had a head bat over her head she was like I can't believe what I've just done but she changed the game and, and got England in front and it was the younger players I mean Danny White of course got England off to a flyer but really Alice Capsey does she epitomise that younger generation now who've played in front of crowds in the 100 doubled those crowds playing in the Women's Premier League and now playing in front of 20,000 at Lords it's pretty easy it probably wouldn't phase her yeah the, the pressure of the crowd probably doesn't phase the, the younger girls but also the scars that Australia have caused over the last six years they're, they're not there for the younger players you know they haven't lost games of cricket to Australia they don't have that psychological you know advantage over them and it's actually showing you know the way Lauren Bell bowled tonight she was fantastic she was brilliant for England and then Alice Capsey finishing things off so this new generation of England player as I say they don't have those scars now it's just me that's got all the scars <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you for your service and the emotional baggage you've carried all these years and you bring to the commentary box, it's wonderful. For me, the big question for Australia were two things, or potentially two moments they lost the game, was that opening stint against Danny White where they had a fielder at deep square, deep mid-wicket. Everyone knows that Danny White can be a bit vulnerable to bowling on the pads, but there was a massive gap at cover and she went and smacked four or five boundaries through there, gave England the head start they needed. That was one question mark around that one. Yeah, for me, you always look to cramp Danny Wyatt up for room and she, she took, a, took apart Megan's shoot and I was actually crying out for Shut to come around the wicket and cramp Wyatt for room, bowl at her body. Don't allow her to hit through the offside. She said in her post-match interview, she's got dodgy wrists so she just flicks through the offside and she batted very well and she put pressure on Australia but I think Australia they're going to have to look at their plans and, and rewrite their plans because you have to cramp a batter like that for room. Get her hitting to your sweepers, especially if they're at deep square and deep mid-wicket. What are those things called, you know, where in like spy movies or action movies that the protagonist is lying in bed staring at the ceiling, almost clenching on those <laughs> things to strengthen? Me can shoot, there you go. Go back to the hotel, get that wrist strength up, and then when we're ready for the ODI, she'll be able to control that line a bit more. The second question mark for Australia for me. Georgia Wareham didn't bowl at all in the, in the T20 at the over on Wednesday. And she bowled two overs here, went for just 10 runs, picked up a wicket. Why was she only introduced as the sixth bowler when you've got wrist spin and a T20? Yeah, look, she didn't bowl well in the first ODI. She got taken apart by England and I, I think that will have been a factor for that. England really changed the game in that first ODI and got some momentum. It was, I think it was Amy Jones at the time. So then she didn't bowl in that second T20 and tonight the ball's slippery. You know, it's hard to keep hold of. But yeah, it's one of those, I think, you know... Um, it's one of those T20 cricket, anything can happen and you need a bowler to step up to the occasion and she did that. You prophesized there the first ODI rather than saying T20, oh, but yeah, it's good T20. to know that you look into your crystal ball at night time and go, oh, Georgia Wareham's going to go for some <laughs> runs in the first ODI. There you have it. You've got an exclusive from Alex Hartley here. And, you know, in terms of the, the crowd and the impact this will have, as an ex-player coming to three 
T20s in a row, over 60,000 people in them. Is there still that, you know, that young girl in you oh. who looks around and goes, oh my God, what's happening here? Yeah, and there's also that bit about me that gets really, really frustrated about it because it shows when you market the games properly, people are interested and people turn up. And if we're being completely honest, after 2017, it was a watershed moment for women's cricket, but we didn't capitalise on it. You know, we went back to the KSL, it wasn't advertised, there was no crowds. England went back to playing at Derby, Leicester, no offence to them, they've been great for women's cricket in the past few years but you know you can't have the opportunity of having 20,000 people at a ground if you're at grounds that only hold three or four thousand so credit to the ECB um, for marketing this Ashes incredibly well the ODIs are all sold out as well um, but they can't go backwards now can they? Now your hall of fame moment of the game Alex have you had time to think about this what's it going to be? The Australians just losing (laughs) obviously all Australian listeners of the podcast is going to be going, brilliant. Yeah, get two English girls on to review this game and it's going to be great for us, isn't it? For me, oh, I've, got, I've got two. Oh. One's, a, one's a funny one. You know, kind of at university cricket, you have, I'm not going to say the word, but uh, dummy of the day, let's mm-hmm. say. For me, the fact England dropped about five oh. catches in the field, they did not want the ball. They, they wanted to leave the ball. They were Cinderella. They just didn't want to go anywhere near it. And suddenly you've got a team who dropped five really easy catches and still went on to win the game. I think that's funny. I think it's village. I honestly found it really entertaining by the end because you have the brilliant friendship of Alice Capsey and Sophie Eccleston and you've got her dropping an absolute dolly off her bowling. Yeah, it didn't go down well, did it? Eccleston frowned and frowned and frowned and she looked miserable. My other moment... Quick shout out, as I already mentioned, Danny Gibson coming in, facing the first ball, reverse sweeping, the ball away for the winning runs, playing just her third international game. I mean, to be able to come out and do that, that truly sums up this change of mindset for England. John Ball, Trev Ball, whatever we want to call it. John Ball, we'll call it John Ball. So here we go. We've got the birth of John Ball with these T20s here where England have beaten Australia in back-to-back games. And we go on to three sold-out ODIs in this Women's Ashes. It's still up for both teams to win. I'm very excited, Alex Hartley. Me too. Bring it on. Sorry if I ran out to empty wrote this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go.